and start the talk today with a reading of Matthew 28. Again, a passage that you know exceptionally well. Matthew 28, and the last couple of verses where it says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We say so often that the two pivots of what we believe and how we behave are the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Here's the Great Commission, and it still stands. Go and make disciples. The word evangelism has been, I suppose, in many ways, debased in the last 10 years or more. But it still means, in the original Greek, the bringing of good news. And I think that Christians, non-Christians alike can almost agree and have this in common, that most of them hate evangelism. Christians feel guilty when they don't do it. It's part of what we ought to be doing. And they say, well, I'm maybe not gifted or I can't speak or haven't got all the answers, whatever it happens to be. And those who are not part of the church find evangelism overbearing most of the time. So it's not got a good name at the moment. But it's still something that needs to be high on the agenda of every person who follows Jesus. We are called to go and make disciples. Now, it's long quoted uh, the thing that's attributed to St. Francis, which actually he probably didn't say, but that we should preach the Gospels, the Gospel by all means, and if necessary, use words. And it was attributed to him, and it's possible that he did say it, but the meaning was this, that because they were not um, licensed by the church to speak and preach and teach, they were basically uh, living off how they did acts of kindness. But he said even in a situation where you need to speak, speak, because it's important. And we've used this often to try and say, well, I'll just be kind and I'll just try and live the gospel. My behavior should show that I'm a follower of Jesus. And that's true. But we've put speaking low down on the agenda. I want to read to you from uh, Matthew. It's chapter 13. It's a parable that Jesus gives. um, And it starts like this. Then he told them many things in a parable, saying, this is Matthew 13, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow, but then when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he goes on later to explain what he said to them in verse 18. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. 
This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When the trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell on the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. The point that I want to make about reading that is that Jesus is giving them a parable saying that sowing needs to be um, generous, essentially. In every way that we sow, it needs to be generous. You throw randomly. You don't mark out each, each, each seed as it's sown. But the point that he makes in the explanation is this. It's the hearing of the word. It's the good news that is heard. And I think that we need to come back to, as the church, this capacity to speak good news. Not just to live it, which is what we are, have been saying all along. And in the past, we've read Romans 2 verse 4, which says it's God, God's kindness which leads us to repentance. And we affirm that. We have received uh, salvation because of the goodness of God. And so we've turned that around and said, Okay, it's as we are kind and generous and as we give ourselves in serving others, um, it's as we pour out our life for the poor and those in need around us that um, as Christians are defined by our love for each other and for those around us, that extravagance has something to do with turning people's hearts to God. And that's good and it's right. But the point I'm making today is the fact that we have to be ready to share the good news that we've received. It's not complicated. And I think that sometimes we haven't because of various um, restrictions in, that we've placed on ourselves. But apart from taking these uh, acts of extravagant kindness and generosity and love, which I think is a part of evangelism. It's a part of actually being um, in and part of the kingdom. I want to try and say to us that we've got to be ready to begin to speak about our faith and be willing to pray for uh, those around us. And I'll give you some practical hints perhaps at the end of this. But I want to move now to um, a survey that has been done by a number of different groups, including the Evangelical Alliance and, and various other groups, HTB, and um, I think it was an amalgamation of five or six different groups that um, uh, commissioned this uh, survey. It was done in 2015, and it was supposed to have been done five years later, but with the pandemic, it was delayed until last year. And the results have come out, and there's a huge number of them, and I'm not going to bore you with too many of those. Some of them will come up maybe at a later stage. What I would like to do is to give you some of the findings of this research, because I think it gives us an understanding that people are actually hungry for the gospel, the good news. People are looking for good news. About the state of faith in the UK, 
one of the findings that they found, and here's an interesting thing, from the whole population, 20% of our population believe that Jesus is God. 54% believe he's a real historical person. And 45% of people say they believe in the resurrection. Apart from anything else, there's a really positive place to start, is that the bulk of people that we come into contact with already have an understanding that Jesus is an important person. Outside of the church, here's an interesting thing. Those outside the church, 53% of those who are not Christian actually know a practicing Christian, someone who goes to church and who actively pursues their faith. Half the population, one out of every two people that you bump into, will know somebody already who is going to church. Slightly fewer than 2015, but they like the people that they know who are Christian. It's interesting that people have a very positive view, people outside the church have a very positive view of Christians, but not a very positive view of the church. And we can talk about it at another point, but they will have a positive view of you as a Christian, most likely. They, uh, they will be open to a conversation about Jesus. 55% of uh, people who are not Christians say that they know a practicing Christian, as I've said. 33% of those say they've had a conversation about faith. 36% say that they've had a conversation, they were really positive, they are open, and they would be open to experiencing or encountering something about Jesus for themselves. Now, already, I mean, that's just a few things that I've mentioned, but it's it's intriguing to know that there is this really positive view of Jesus, number one, and of Christians, secondly, and that the interactions that people outside of the church have had with Christians has been really positive. I think this should give us a sense of positivity about the fact that we carry and bear good news evangelistically that people are wanting to listen to without having a stuffed down their throats. And some of the key influences in terms of them having um, or leaning towards this are that they're willing to read the Bible. They're willing to have an experience of Jesus. They're willing to be invited to church and have a conversation about faith. Those four things instantly give me a sense of there's a really positive um, attitude amongst the bulk of our population to having a conversation about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And that doesn't mean to say you have to have all the answers or that you have to be perfect or that you, you can't you know, just discuss how you experience it. But one of the key things that they found was that people who've had some kind of um, uh, massive life event so it could be a marriage or a divorce, it could be the pandemic, it could be an illness. But people who have these life events, even um, children going to school and various other things, whether it's positive or negative, it opens them to a discussion about faith. Now, that's enough statistics for the moment. But, but the point is this, that what they have found was a really growing positivity uh, about a discussion around faith. And I think that 
it should be, uh, let, we, let's say this, we should allow our attitude towards evangelism to be shaped by what's actually happening around us in our communities. People are actually open to things that are spiritual issues of faith, especially if you live uh, with some sort of reality about your experience of Jesus and are willing to talk about it. Now, we've talked in the past about neighboring and creating a relationship with those around us. One of the things I think we ought to understand is that when we deal with and talk about evangelism, it's not just a, a once-off shot. It may be like that if you bump into someone and a conversation begins, but essentially um, it's about the relationships we have and the development of the capacity to speak about our faith in those relationships. Because it's not up to us about what happens. In, in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to the Corinthian church and he, he talks about the fact that it's God who gives the increase. So some plant, some water, but it's God actually who is the one who gives the increase. And it comes back to our parable that we read at the beginning from Matthew 13, where the seed gets sown indiscriminately, generously, uh, lavishly. And we know that some of it's going to fall here and there and everywhere. But at least when something falls on good soil, there's some kind of growth that comes from it. The, the, the interesting thing, and I think this is what I was going to suggest in terms of some, some helpful things. As far as the research that I've mentioned, that people do actually have an openness to finding out more about Jesus and how they can encounter him for themselves. And I think we are in a moment that is great for evangelism. For, for inviting and reaching towards people who may look like they've got everything organized, or may they, maybe they don't, but whatever their life circumstances, we, we ought to be more open, I think, to speaking about the kind of faith that we have. Now, here's a couple of things that I think from the research come out. We ought to pray, and we've spoken about this in the past as well, we, we need to pray specifically for at least four or five members of our family and friends who do not know Jesus in that personal way to come to some understanding of faith. So firstly, pick five family or friends and pray for them to find faith in Jesus. Secondly, we need to nurture the friendships in a wider sense that we have already. Thirdly, we need to be listening for people in terms of where they are, what they find themselves doing. And then, I think, fourthly, being open to uh, uh, speaking about the fact that we ourselves have faith and, that it's, and what it's meant to us personally. Here's another important thing. I think, fourthly, I can't remember what number I'm on, but we need to offer to pray for people. When they share something to us, we can just gently and quietly say to people, can I pray for you? Um, you might tag on right now if you feel confident. But basically, the willingness to pray for people and then to follow up that prayer is, I think, really important. 
Another thing that they found is that people are generally open to being invited to accompany them to church, to some kind of service where they are exposed to what um, faith perhaps looks like. And then lastly, the, um, the willingness to take or receive something to read, especially if it's a portion of a gospel or New Testament or something like that. People are generally open to reading stuff. And if not in a concrete physical sense, then a willingness to forward them something online. Practically, I think that there's lots that we can do. And I think more than anything else, what I'm trying to get to is that we, we have a positive attitude and an openness to the fact that things may have changed over the last four or five years in terms of the atmosphere that is around us and an openness to, to, to hearing what our faith means to us and who Jesus is and how people can encounter it. So a couple of questions as we end. If we talk about some plant, some water, how do we understand evangelism as harvesting of ripe fruit? Ripe fruit? How does this differ, in a sense, from your current view of evangelism? And then um, there's, there's someone who said once, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. How does that look in terms of how we open ourselves to people in the way that we live and speak and what it might mean for evangelism. And then what kind of evangelism is doable for you? So let's begin a conversation again about how each of us as individuals and as a community can look towards seeing the good news preached. So as Jesus says in the parable in Matthew 13, they can hear the word and encounter the word for themselves. God bless. See you next Sunday.